0: What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Raw Prospect Podcast. We're live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Thank you all for listening, watching, wherever you're watching or listening, whatever time it may be. We appreciate you being here. Today is going to be our another edition of our annual mock draft. Um, This year, we're doing it a little bit different. uh, But before that, joining me, from austin texas the stack king himself mr michael wein what's
1: up what is up everybody we're back after a mini hiatus for our final podcast before the actual nfl draft which starts in less than 48 hours what we're going to be doing today is something similar to what we've done i believe the past two years however the past two years We've gotten together before the podcast and planned out our mock draft before we did the podcast. This year, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be using Pro Football Focus's uh, NFL Mock Draft Simulator, which we used a couple episodes back when we did our top 10 mock draft, our alternating top 10 mock draft. And Emmy and I, we're going to give ourselves about three minutes per pick. Um, we do actually have the first couple of picks planned out. And after that, we're just going to be discussing our thought process and we're going to come to an agreement on each pick. And it's going to be mostly a predictive draft. The one that we did before was really what we would do. But now since we're so close, um, we're going to be doing what we think is going to happen. We're not going to hit on everything, of course not. But we'll we'll it'll be interesting to see how we do. I I just I'll just say this to start the podcast. I think we're going to see if I had to make the over under on the amount of trades that we're going to see in the first round. I'd put it at like three and a half. I think we're going to see a decent amount of trades, and we're going to try to incorporate a couple trades into our predictive mock as well since I think that's going to play a big part on Thursday. Um, Remember, in this year's first round, there are only 31 picks uh, because the Dolphins had to forfeit one of their picks. So, um, yeah, let's just get right into it. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, I just finished up school. Uh, My last ever school assignment was yesterday, hopefully. Um, So I will be graduating from – University of Texas next Friday. I have some time off before that happens. Emmy will supposedly be graduating, hopefully, um, on Saturday. So congratulations to you. Uh, Thank you. So yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Draft season, NBA playoffs have been going on. Uh, It's a really fun time. Baseball's gotten underway. We're almost a month into that. I can't even believe it. Uh, And then As we get into May, uh, we have another F1 race coming up here soon. So we'll have some Patreon content once we're all finished with graduation and finals. And we'll also have, of course, some draft reaction. And then we'll get it, we'll dig deep into the NBA playoffs once the second round gets underway. So uh, we're excited for all that. Uh, Let's bring back the PFF mock draft simulator. Uh, I have it right here. Hopefully, everyone can see that, and we'll get started. Does that sound good to you? Yeah,
0: let's do it. Let's do it.
1: All right. So, let's start the draft. First
0: pick, the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Uh, Me and Michael have collectively decided to take Bryce Young. Um, I'll let you kind of elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, Bryce Young, the best quarterback in this draft. Despite his size, he's my top quarterback in this class. He's composed. He processes information very quickly, which I think is something very underrated in a lot of these great quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, Something I think that makes Mahomes, Burroughs so great is that they can process information very quickly. They're very smart, have high football IQs, Uh, He's played in big games. He played in the toughest conference, won a lot of games. Uh, And his ability to be accurate and extend plays and improvise is, I think, better than any other quarterback in this class. My only reservation is with size, but I think he is the best quarterback uh, that the Panthers can take.
0: Agreed. Okay. Number two overall is the. Houston Texans, who, where we, we had a bit of a decision to make. There were some rumors squirreling around, as they typically do, um, about the Texans possibly not taking a quarterback. Uh, so in the end, we did decide to take Will Anderson Jr. Um, he was highly touted recruit, obviously coming into Alabama. But right from the get-go, he was immediately just Dominant all three years at Alabama w- had amazing production and just consistency. Um, what I really like about Will Anderson is, um, you know what you're going to get for him and from him in terms of he has a lot of moves within his skill set and he has moves that are already developed. And obviously, he's going to add on to that once he gets to the NFL. But uh, I really do think that you know his combination of Speed and power um, is what we see in all of the top pass rushers today. So uh, I I really like this pick.
1: Exactly. 34 and a half sacks in three seasons, I believe, at Bama. 62 tackles for loss. That's elite production at the college level for an edge rusher. Power, length, and burst. We saw all of that come into play in his time at Bama. And with the new regime, the new head coach down in Houston, I think they'll love to get a player with a very high floor like Will Anderson in there to beef up that defense. I think for the Texans, with next year's quarterback class, with Caleb Williams and Drake May and so forth, uh, you just look to build out your roster more with this draft uh, with good – young, talented players that can come in and contribute right away uh, rather than take um, your quarterback right now because you're really not still in a position to contend, even within that division, as we see that the Jaguars have taken a step forward and we anticipate that they'll continue to get better. Uh, And then you never know. I mean, the Colts and or the Titans could still be relatively competitive at least within that division. So, depending on what each team decides to do at quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I like I like taking Will Anderson Jr. here with the Texans, even though I'm not in I'm not within the Texans fan base, but some Texans fans may not like that. Uh, but they do have another pick at 12. So, number three, Arizona. Um, I believe. We said that not sure where Emmy went, but we said that we don't really think they're gonna go the Jalen Carter route. Um we don't they're obviously not gonna go quarterback. Kyler Murray is their guy despite him being hurt. Um we believe that it might be a little bit of a reach but we believe that Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois, who's actually the fourth rated player on PFF's big board, would be the pick here at number 3 for the Cardinals as they are in need of help in their secondary. Emmy, do you agree that Jalen Carter, not Jalen Carter, Devon Witherspoon should be the pick here for Arizona?
0: Um uh, I do. I um I think Devon Witherspoon, his versatility, his ability to play at the cornerback position or the safety position, uh, and if you're not familiar with this class, just know that this is a generational cornerback class, in my opinion. Um, you have five guys who could go in the first round, I think four guys who are legitimate top 20 level talents, um, and Devon Witherspoon is the cream of the crop in all among all of that. Um, he's, uh, you can see his tenacity and his, uh, his IQ when he's on the football field, you can just see it, how quickly he can make a read and react. Um, and it's not even the fact that he has elite athleticism. The reason you're drafting Devon Witherspoon at number three is because he's going to be a leader on the back end of your defense for, five to 10
1: years. Exactly. And this is a guy that didn't play football till actually his junior year of high school, but he was a three-year starter in college. He's smart, high football IQ. He's very physical. Um, he's going to be, a, I think, a high-floor player. And that's something that a lot of NFL teams are concerned about when they bring in new management is making sure – I mean, of course, you can't guarantee that you're going to hit on a draft pick, but you want to be as sure as possible. And I think if the draft fell this way, I think with some of the concerns around Jalen Carter um, and the particular needs that Arizona has, I think Devon Witherspoon would be probably, even though it's probably a little bit of a reach in terms of the value that you're getting for the position and the player, uh, I think it's probably the best pick. Uh, the best route to go if you're Arizona because he can come in and contribute right away. Now we talked about all three of those picks before we came on the air. Now the real raw prospect annual mock draft begins with the Indianapolis Colts. I think we both agree that they're going quarterback. The question then becomes, who do they go? Do they go CJ Stroud? What do you think?
0: I think I think CJ Stroud would be the perfect fit here. Personally, I think um CJ Stroud's ability to read defenses and how polished he is as a quarterback, I think presents a really high floor. And for the Colts, a team that, you know, has aspired to win games year over year and just hasn't gotten the quarterback position right, you want to get a young guy in there, but you also want to get a young guy in there that's ready to go and ready to start right away. And that's, and I, I think out of these guys available at this pick, I think he is the most ready.
1: Right. I mean, for an NFL, for an office, I think a quarterback is what you talk yourself or a quarterback is what you think he is. Right. Right you got to talk yourself into him being something that you envision for your team. And I think C.J. Stroud's a perfect fit. Um, In Indianapolis, for the past couple years, you've had older, non-athletic quarterbacks that just haven't been good enough, aside from Carson Wentz, who had other issues. Um, But I think Stroud, he's got accuracy. He's got touch. He can throw to all levels of the field. He's got a pretty strong arm. And he showed, uh, you know, his improv improvisation skills in that national semifinal game against Georgia. That's just a glimpse, I think, of what he's capable of when plays break down, which is a l- which was a little bit of the concern with him as a prospect. But I think he's a smart kid. He's going to come in and work hard. Um, and the Colts can build around him because there's no guarantee that they're going to be in this position again next year to maybe get one of the top guys in next year's draft. And if the draft board falls this way, Stroud's the guy that you take in my opinion. Um, Now that brings us to Seattle. Um, This is where we're really going to have to have a conversation. Um, I, I think that at this point, unless we're talking about Tyree Wilson uh, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech I believe that this is the spot for Jalen Carter but I'd love to hear your thoughts man it
0: it's extremely difficult but um, I think either way we are aligned in the same you know thought frame with they need to take defensive line they need to take a guy that's going to help their team right away. Um, I think Jalen Carter would be great here. Um, absolutely. I think with the culture that Pete Carroll has built there, um, I think. But at the same time, it's hard to really say. I think um, it's probably more valuable for them to take Jalen Carter. So I think that's the pick you go with just because there's such a high abundance of great pass rushers, but there's, it's so rare to have a guy in the interior of your defense um, that can just control everything and wreak havoc. And they've seen it for themselves with Aaron Donald, of course, playing
1: him twice a year. Exactly. And how do you win football games, especially in a tough division? Where you have running football teams like the San Francisco 49ers. And this Seattle this Seattle um the Seattle football team is not one like we thought at the beginning of last year when the draft came around that, you know, isn't gonna be, or at least that we thought wasn't gonna be in contention for the playoffs. But we saw that this is a team that is built to win. They hit on their draft picks last year. I trust this front office for the most part, although they haven't had the greatest draft history. Uh, They figured something out last year. They had a great draft. Um, Geno Smith seems like a guy that can hold down the fort. Uh, And with the landscape now in the NFC, now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I mean, we know San Francisco has a great roster. We know Philly although they have lost some pieces, uh, is not going anywhere. We know Dallas has a pretty good roster. We, we know uh, the teams like Detroit are you know, coming. Uh, they're on the rise. We, we're not really sure at all what to make of any team within the NFC South right now. Um, so I think if you're Seattle, what you did with your offensive line last year, getting those two tackles, hitting on both those picks, and now with a ball hawk like um, Tariq Wulin in your secondary, you got to build up this defense because there still were times last year where you struggled to stop the run, and it got a little squishy on the interior. And Jalen Carter's is a guy that if it hits, which I think there's even with some of the off-field stuff, um, if he hits, you have an anchor – On the interior of your defense, that could be very, very, that could be a very, very productive player, a pro bowl caliber an all pro caliber player, in my opinion, uh, if he hits on the interior of your defense for the next five to 10 years. And I think that's probably at this point for the Seahawks more valuable than maybe drafting like an Anthony Richardson, who's just going to sit behind Geno Smith probably for a year or two. Um, with the new contract that Gino just signed and watch him, you know, and try to develop him. So, I don't know. I think that you know, there could be other routes that they could explore, but I think Jalen Carter is probably what I think they would do. So, I'm gonna go, let's just, yeah, let's just go Jalen Carter. Um, that brings us to Detroit. Uh, because if Seattle did not pick, um, Jalen Carter. It would have been interesting for Detroit, but now this is the way their draft is unfolding. Um, I can actually select a certain position. Do you have a certain position in mind for Detroit?
0: Well, um, it's hard to really say. Um, I I think defense is of priority, absolutely, Um, but seeing that, Tyree Wilson is still on the board. That's intriguing to me. Um, I think uh, Anthony Richardson would be interesting at this pick, even though I don't think that's what they'll do. Um, right. Man, it, it's, it's really tough for Detroit because there's so many routes they could take. I mean, they have a luxury pick. This is, this is where you can... Easily take a guy like Bijan Robinson and have the but best running game in the NFL, um, but they're not going to do that. Obviously, there there's just so many different avenues here. I, for me personally, I think you look at the corners. Um, I think Christian Gonzalez would be a great pick. Um, mm-hmm. I really like Deontay Bates and Joey Porter as well. But I think those would be reaches at this spot. Um, I think I think Christian
1: Gonzalez is the
0: pick. I think I really like that.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's between Wilson and Gonzalez for me. Uh, yeah. But I really love Gonzalez. Fluid athlete, smooth change of direction, outstanding speed. Finished last year, high production at Oregon. Four interceptions. Um, and I just think you've built out your, you know, you've, they have committed so many resources to their secondary already uh, during this offseason. Um, I think you continue that. You have another pick at 18. Um, so you're right. This is sort of a luxury pick. Um, you don't really have any immediate needs offensively. There's no one on this board unless you're planning on taking a quarterback that would right. warrant, I think, you know, taking a player this high. You're not really in a need on the offensive line. So I think, yeah, I mean, Christian Gonzalez seems to me to make the most sense. So yeah. I think
0: taking that weakness that was their secondary last year and making it a strength of their team – that's going to be
1: really interesting to see for them next year if they make that pick. Right. Okay. We're now to the Raiders, pick seven. Is this where we start to see offensive line come off the board?
0: Right. Um, let, let's let look at the tackles, best tackles available. Okay. Um, I, I would like the idea of Paris Johnson possibly Mm-hmm. um i really like paris johnson i think he can play tackle or guard i think he would be great at guard the first couple years if need be because obviously oakland does have uh, a solid left tackle at colton miller um peter skronsky peter Skuranski, sorry um people worry about his arm length at tap at tackle but would be a plug-in starter right away at guard in my opinion he's he has really solid fundamentals. I think for Oakland, um, it really comes down to which do you address first, the secondary or the offensive line. Um, and I think when you really look at it, for a guy like Jimmy G, who has had trouble staying healthy exactly. behind good offensive lines, mind you, Mm-hmm. I think offensive line has to be a point of emphasis.
1: Yeah, for me, I would lean Peter Skronsky, a three-year starter at left tackle at Northwestern, but as you mentioned, could absolutely play guard, at least for the first couple of years in the NFL. He'll make that offensive line better immediately. He's a day-one starter type guy. Sound, smooth, fundamentals, footwork, you name it. Uh, I think he's one of the safer prospects in the draft. I I really love Paris Johnson Jr. In fact, if he falls any more than this, as a, as a resident Steelers fan on this podcast, I am hoping that the Steelers may try and make a move up the board to get a guy like Paris Johnson that could play left tackle for them and really solidify their offensive line with the moves that they've made in free agency. But that's another story for another day. Um, but for the Raiders, I think you go Peter Scronsky just because of his. I, I think he's got, as I mentioned, he's one of the safer prospects in the draft. Just like I think he's gonna he's gonna start somewhere. He's gonna work out right. somewhere. I so, agree. Let's go with Skronsky. Okay. All right, we're now to Atlanta. <sighs>
0: Will Love is just dropping down. Both both of those quarterbacks are just dropping. I just, um, I just don't see NFL teams being as high on these guys as a lot of the reports are making it seem. Um, right. you know, I I could see you know a team going up and grabbing Anthony Richardson at one of these picks that we have already made, but um, I just didn't see it from a team that was close enough to. Make that move and not give up a king's ransom, you know. Uh, exactly. But that's another conversation for another day. For the Falcons, um I think for one, defensive line, that has to be a priority. Their defensive line has been a problem for years. They struggle to get to the quarterback. They struggle to uh, plug up running lanes. Um, just in general and then you also got to think um possibly wide receiver i think i mean drake london is fantastic kyle pitts is fantastic um but if you're gonna commit to De- desmond ritter i think you could look at another guy um to help to help out in that department that weapons department. Um, Mm -hmm. I think with what's on the board though I think taking a wide receiver would be a bit of a reach uh, just because I think Smith and Jigba I think is going to go in the teens I don't see him being uh, I don't see him going in the top 10 just because of his
1: injuries what do you think about Edge like a guy like uh, Tyree Wilson
0: oh dang I I forgot about Tyree Wilson. I think I think Tyree Wilson is absolutely the pick here. I think he's off the board by this by this point. Yeah. If you he, got
1: if he, if he falls to Atlanta, you gotta get, I mean, as many guys that can rush the passer as possible. It's just such an important position. And it's probably for them, the way the board has fallen, the best value pick at this point. Um, so I mean, he did have a foot injury, but he had a, He's coming off his most productive year, um, seven sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and he's got a really good combo of length and power that um, they can work with, uh, and you need as many edge rushers. You need depth at that position. You don't just need guys that can come in and start and make impacts right away. you got to have three or four edge rushers that can get the job done that you can rotate in and out. Uh, in the NFL nowadays. So I think if the board falls like this, they take um, Tyree Wilson. I just got to find him on our big board. I think he'd be edge. Yes. Is he-
0: One thing I will point out is I think I could definitely see Tyree Wilson going seven to the Raiders as well. Absolutely. Um, just because obviously this is a predictive mock. Um, we're not going to get everything right, but
1: I just want to throw that fact, out there. In fact, we might get, I mean, I think we'll get more than we think we're going to get right, but uh, we're probably not going to get a whole lot right. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think this is honestly, I don't know if we've said this in the past, but this is, in my opinion, a really unpredictable draft. Yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, there's, I mean, the differentiation between guy number 10 to guy number 50 is really not much. Exactly.
1: Okay. We're almost out of the top 10. We have the Bears on the clock. I think if you're going to make this pick, it has to be offensive line.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's Paris Campbell.
1: Paris Johnson. Yes. Exactly. Paris Johnson. Sorry. I keep on saying Paris Campbell. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um look, based on their history of trading, I don't think if if a guy like Paris Johnson as talented as he is is on the board, uh they're going to take him. Um I don't think I don't see them trading out unless it's a king's ransom. Um so yeah, I we don't have to spend do you have anything else you want to say about Paris Johnson Jr.? Or, or do we just move on? I just think
0: um, he's the most talented offensive lineman in this class, personally. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Just supremely athletic and just has no business moving the way he does at that size. There's, there's just It just doesn't seem physically possible for him to be that athletic at that
1: size. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I'd love him for Pittsburgh, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay, um, now we get to Philadelphia, and they're in a really interesting spot here at number 10. Um, where do we start with Philly? I don't, I, I don't really know where, we're, where we start with this. Do you have any ideas? Um,
0: the pick that I would hate to see the most as a Cowboys fan is mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, um, just because for one, they do have a need at running back. They lost um, Miles Sanders mm-hmm. and number two, that would immediately. Take the best running game in the NFL from last year and elevate it to a all time great running game, in my opinion, combining Jalen Hurts running ability with. B. John Robinson and that offensive line would just be absolutely disgusting. Right. Um, With all that being said, though, um, I think uh, offensive line should be considered, and I think corner should be considered as well. Because I I, I think, like I said before, this is a generational corner class. And I think at this spot on the board with how the board has fallen – Taking an offensive lineman at this spot would be a bit of a reach. So if you go offensive line, you got to trade down or take an offensive lineman with that second pick that you have. I think here it's cornerback or B. John Robinson.
1: Um, I think if I'm going to predict what they're going to do, I'm going to say they go cor- corner. Um. The guys on the board i mean we're looking at deontay banks joey porter jr who else do we got um and then you start going down the board i mean smith stevenson i think those are reaches at this spot i think it's banks yeah,
0: I, I, I think it's banks reporter and um On um, a podcast that I listen to often, they um, talk a lot about a term called route squeeze with cornerbacks, and Deontay Banks. Deontay Banks has the best route squeeze. If <laughs> 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 and I'll explain what that means. So basically, at the top of a route, when a receiver is going in or is going into his break, right. Um, the receiver is going to create separation. Route squeeze is the ability to close that separation right away. And Mm -hmm. Deontay Banks just has the ability to just do that just from how fast he is and just how twitchy he is. Um, So I think throwing Deontay Banks into that system would be amazing. But at the same time, though, Joey Porter, as a guy who – is the son of an NFL defensive back, has that lineage, has that knowledge of the game. I think Joey Porter
1: Jr is the pick here, personally. Okay, let's go Joey Porter Jr then. Even though he is a, oops, he's a guy that I've heard major ties to in Pittsburgh, but we will see. Um we'll go him to Philly. Um okay, now we get to Tennessee. Um, we're out of the top 10, so let's real fast recap the top 10. We went Bryce Young to the Panthers at one. Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher from Bama to Houston at two. Devon Witherspoon, um, the cornerback from Illinois to Arizona at three. CJ Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State, uh, to the Colts at four. Jalen Carter to the Seahawks at five. Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon, to the Lions at six. Peter Skronsky, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, to the Raiders to solidify that offensive line and help them where they need help at number seven. Uh, Tyree Wilson falls to the Falcons at eight. Paris Johnson Jr., the most talented offensive lineman, in our opinion, in this draft, goes to the Bears at number nine. And Joey Porter Jr., the corner, the local guy from Penn State there in Pennsylvania, stays in Pennsylvania, and he goes to the Eagles at 10. Um, Now we go back to the AFC South where we have consecutive picks here for Tennessee and Houston. Let's start with Tennessee. Pro Football Focus lists their needs as offensive line and wide receiver. What direction are you thinking? Yeah,
0: I, I think I think this pick is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um it's risky with his, you know, his injury history and just the fact that he really struggled to stay healthy the last couple of years. But at the same time, um he's a guy that out of the slot can run any route. His route running is elite. And anytime you see a prospect with an elite trait, um, it's really easy to, you know, point to what they don't do well. But, you know, the fact that they do have an elite trait is what they can lean on at the NFL level. That's the bottom line. Sometimes I think it's really easy to overthink these things. So I think the pick here is Jackson Smith and Jigbo.
1: Okay, they do need help at receiver. Um, he's had an injury history, but very polished route runner. Um outstanding body control. He does lack a little bit of speed, but uh, he can be your slot guy, sort of like that um, possession-down guy that's going to catch the ball, good body control, very reliable as long as he's on the field. Um, And Pro Football Focus has him rated the best receiver in this class. Some people say, though, that Zay Flowers – some people would argue for Zay Flowers – uh, but others um, still think Jackson Smith and Jigma, who had that. Was it him that had the um, big Rose Bowl game a couple of years back? Um, I think it was. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. What yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So against Penn uh, State or not Penn State, uh, Utah. Sorry.
1: Exactly. So I think this is I think it's a good pick. Um, OK, now we're back to Houston. And guess what? Uh, They took Will Anderson at two, and there's still quarterbacks on the board at this point. So if if the board falls this way, what what does Houston do? Do they continue to build out their roster, or do they get tempted and take a quarterback?
0: Well, for one, I don't think the board will fall quite like this. I think – at this by this point, I think one team will come up and s- snag Anthony Richardson. Um, I don't know about Will Evans, but I think Anthony Richardson will be gone by this point, just because of his physical tools. Um, the problem we're running into is just the fact that we just we just don't know um, who that team would really be. Um, it it looks like Washington is sticking with Sam Howell. It looks like. Um, you know, a lot of these teams kind of have their uh, makeshift guy in place. Maybe I could see a team like the Bucks um, going going out there and making a splash and taking an Anthony Richardson to sit behind Baker, possibly. But no matter the case, I think um, Anthony Richardson will be gone by this spot. I think I'll just put that out there. Do you agree with that? By the way, no, I agree with that,
1: but with the way that we have it.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, uh, is what yeah, I'm for the
0: Texans. About. I think it, it's really tough because, um, you know, if it does fall this way, I mean, it's kind of hard to not take a quarterback. You know, um, right? Anthony Richardson's just sitting there. You you see the ceiling that he has, and you see the flashes on tape of just incredible quarterback talent. Um and I think out of the two um between Anthony Richardson and Will lovers I think Anthony Richardson would be good at this spot. It just depends on where they see him in terms of where he's at in his development track. If they see him as far enough along the way to be able to go into week 1 as the starter and not develop bad habits and, you know, continue his development track without, you know, just getting destroyed out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um And if they don't see him that way, then I think you pass on a quarterback here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that they see him that way. Yeah. Um, so in that case, I mean... The question then becomes: Where do you go? Do you take? I mean, you got Will Anderson, right? But do you go defense again, and maybe take take a look at a corner? Do you maybe get, look at a receiver? Is there a run of receivers and offensive skill positions at this point? Um, what particularly are we looking at? Um, I. Personally, I think you either build out the your offensive and defensive lines or you take Anthony Richardson. And I'm having a hard time deciding between the two. I, I personally don't think that Houston would believe that Anthony Richardson, based on what he's shown at Florida, even though he's so super raw and super talented and has all the traits that you want uh, I I don't believe that they see him as like a guy that could step in right away and do what you spoke to but I mean at this pick it might be just too like too good of a value so
0: yeah it, it's really tough um, but <sighs>
1: I think I think yeah we I think it. we
0: do it I think we just take Anthony Richardson <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I why not I,
0: I'm overthinking it uh, I'm thinking you know defensive end corner but you know at the end of the day getting a quarterback is everything
1: right okay we're at Green Bay's pick but before we make their pick we have to talk about the elephant in the room. And that's that Aaron Rodgers is no longer the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> He's now the quarterback of the New York Jets. And Emmy will tell you the trade details.
0: yeah Um, as a Cowboys fan, I am very happy that Aaron Rodgers is out of the NFC. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, the trade details for the Aaron Rodgers trade is the Jets receive Aaron Rodgers, the number 15. overall pick in this year's draft as well as the number 170 overall pick in this year's draft which is in the fifth round um the packers receive a 2023 first round pick which is number 13 this pick um this year's second round pick number 42 um sixth round pick pick number 207 and then a 2024 conditional second round pick that turns into a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of his
1: snaps. Considering that originally we thought the Packers had little to no leverage in this situation, a situation where Aaron Rodgers and the organization were just over each other. Um, I think the Packers did exceptionally well In this trade, considering the haul that they got back, I mean, first of all, you move up two spots in the first round of this year, going from 15 to 13. You get another, you get an additional second-round pick. You also get a sixth-round pick, although that might not make too much of a difference. And then, barring something drastically bad that happens, you're getting another first-round pick in the coming years. I think the Packers did really well um considering that i don't i don't fully believe as aaron Rodgers has said himself that he's basically 90 into retirement i'm not even sure how long he's going to play for the jets now what they get in the one to two maybe three years that he does play for them might be worth that for the jets and we'll talk about that here in a couple picks but i think the packers did really well i think considering what it could have been or what it could have turned into, I really like their haul. I'd give them a a B plus. I'm not in love with Jordan Love, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is about as good as you can do or as good as you could have hoped for as a Green Bay fan.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot has – you know, a lot of people have been talking about how oh the Packers have no leverage now with the fact that Aaron, you know, came out and said he wants to play for the Jets. But I think at the bot, I think the at the end of the day, um, it doesn't change the fact that for one, Joe Douglas and the New York Jets are desperate for a quarterback, um, and I think that's that was the part that the Packers used to their advantage um, in the trade talks in getting a possible second first round pick into the deal. I think that's what um, really uh, got to got them to that point um, in being able to get that other pick into the deal. Um, And that, that really is a slam dunk in my opinion for the Packers Um, considering for the past two years, he's been threatening to retire, and then you lose him for nothing. And then, right. number exactly. two, um, that contract yeah. was very large. So yeah, you're saving
1: think- about sixty million dollars, so right. off your cap, and that's another aspect that I forgot to mention. But I think when you put everything together, they did very solid in this trade Definitely. we'll talk about the jets here in a second um i think this is a spot where you see a tight end come off the board what do you think
0: well um i i do like dalton kincaid a lot um but i think for the packers in terms of um you know their weaponry i think i i like what they have a lot and i also think the tight end class is pretty deep. So I think you could still get a good tight end at one of those two second round picks. They have uh, personally. Fair Um, enough. I think looking at the board right now, um, Nolan Smith would be interesting. I personally, I think Brian branch would be a perfect pick at this spot. Um, I think, with moving uh Darnell Savage to slot corner possibly full time next year that that's a decision um with the fact that he really really struggled for much of that season at safety um so safety is a need for the packers and i think Brian Branch coming out of Alabama um playing under Nick Saban in those you know great defenses I just really love his instincts and the fact that um, he's so um, willing to step up and play the run as well as a defensive back. I think that's um, becoming more rare nowadays, and he's one of the best at. It. Like he doesn't just come up and play the run; he will, he will come up and hit hard. Um, and right. that's the mindset of you know old school Green Bay Packer football. They want to have and i think he fits that perfectly.
1: Yeah, having a versatile safety like that that can come down into the box and give you numbers in the run game and actually be good at that uh along with all the other things that he can do. Um i think he could, he's one of the more versatile prospects, if not one of the most versatile prospects in this draft. I think he could fill pretty much any role that they need him to fill in their secondary and do it pretty much right away right uh he's a day one contributor uh, of course coming out of alabama high pedigree um a guy that originally i was really high on for pittsburgh but they've sort of filled their safety room um so uh i'm not as keen on that right now so i i do agree i think it's either that or you if they're really high on one of the tight ends, I think they might take a look at that. But I think, yeah. Um, I, I, I like that. Uh I almost forgot about Brian branch. So we'll go Brian branch at 13 to the Packers. They get a very versatile secondary contributor to help that defense. Right.
0: And, and you're absolutely right that they're they really do need a tight end. They, they really don't
1: have one at all at the moment. Exactly. But now that you consider the Rodgers trade and the fact that they have an extra second round pick, the fact that it is a deep tight end class, that you have those extra picks and that you can probably get a guy uh, later on that's going to probably end up maybe just as good as the what we think are the top two guys. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you take what is probably right now a more – pressing need uh, right. but yeah i mean we'll see okay the patriots have done interesting things in the draft the past couple of years um where do we see the patriots go we have the board um could they go tackle could they go edge rusher um what do you what are you thinking
0: Um, I actually had something specific in mind for this pick. I think for the Patriots right now, um, in order for them to make any type of headway in that division, they need a elite position group. They have a lot of good ones, but they just need one that's just elite. Um, And I think for them, um, I think the look, the group that I would look to is edge. Um, and a guy that I look at is Lucas Van Ness.
1: Okay, I like that. I actually really like that for the Patriots. Um, yeah, Van Ness. He's uh, Sports Illustrated describes him as Hercules. He can win with his blend of power and effort. His athleticism was on display at the combine. He ran a four five eight forty at two hundred and seventy two pounds. That's that's sickening. <laughs> uh, that is very sickening and. I think um, Bill Belichick and that defensive staff would be foaming at the mouth for a prospect like Lucas Van Ness. Um, So, yeah, I do agree with you. Uh, I think that's a really good pick for the Patriots, and that makes that position group the best on that roster. Uh, Absolutely. So we will go with the edge rusher out of iowa lucas van ness at 14. we haven't had any trades yet now right. we're to the jets now let's talk about their side of the rogers trade what do you what do you make of their side obviously they get a hall of fame quarterback they get finally get some stability at the quarterback position um, but aside from that just give your quick thoughts on their side of the trade
0: i think a positive is in the fact that you still have a first-round pick. I think that's a, a definitely a plus. I think there were a lot of scenarios there where you possibly give up a player in the deal as well, like a Corey Davis, for example, to cover some uh, cap type of things. But they weren't; they didn't have to do that. Um, but I think, as I mentioned earlier with the Jets, um, they were desperate for a quarterback and they got what they wanted i think um if i mean if in theory right in a vacuum right. if you're telling me you can give your team one year with aaron rodgers i mean you trade however many picks for that you know right. specifically mvp aaron rodgers just to just to be clear on that and i think um there's a, l- a lot of scenarios that could really happen. It could go horribly wrong, but I think at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers and um I think that's a that's a bet worth making.
1: Oh, it absolutely is. I personally think that the Jets do have some younger receivers in that room and historically these great more intellectual, more established Hall of Fame-level caliber quarterbacks haven't particularly loved working with young receivers. We saw that with Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, I don't think Brady particularly loved working with young receivers. Uh, We've seen it with a lot of different quarterbacks. Um, They just – they're just not – these quarterbacks – the way that they've been established are just not willing as willing to wait for receivers to come along. They want to, I mean, a guy like Rogers has been a little bit prickly throughout his career uh, and is sort of impatient sometimes with the, you know, that sort of stuff. So I look for the jets in order to compete in the AFC and in order to compete To get where you want to go, as I believe they played nine one possession games last year. I don't know what their record was in those games, but I mean, if you think about it, Rodgers is going to, he's still a really goddamn good quarterback. He's still performing at a relatively high level. You might not get MVP Rodgers, but when you think about the step up from a Zach Wilson and a Mike White to an Aaron Rodgers with, with Garrett Wilson, I think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make Garrett Wilson into an absolute stud. I mean, he. I think Garrett Wilson is going to absolutely take off. That connection is going to be lethal. And all the other weapons that you have with Brees Hall coming back, some of the guys on that offensive line, Elijah Vera Tucker coming back from injury, they weren't healthy last year. I think it, it is going to work in terms of, I like Joe Douglas. What they've done in that front office. I think Robert Sala. Now that he finally has some stability at the quarterback position. What he's done with that defense, which is very good. I think the Jets now have put themselves right smack dab into the middle of at least the wild card of a, a, you know the wild card conversation. I think right now, as constructed, if Rodgers is Rodgers or even close to. It, MVP Rodgers, they're in the playoffs if they stay healthy. Uh, I think it's a bet worth making. If he plays one year, it might be a little tough. But I think if he plays any longer than that, um, yeah, this is absolutely – this is a move you had to make. You have to have stability at the quarterback position. That's the bottom line. And there's not a whole lot better than Aaron Rodgers in the league. There's maybe exactly. five or six guys right now in the league that you can definitively say right now, based on their performance, are better than Aaron Rodgers. So, if that, so yeah, it's absolutely a good bet. Now, what do they do at fifteen? Oh, okay,
0: um, it's really tough because you know at tackle, there's there's a lot, there's some questions there with um, their situation with Mekhi Becton and uh, how they view him as well. Um, and Offensive line in general, I think, was pretty solid last year when they were healthy, but there's just always those injury concerns that just kind of linger. Um, I think they could benefit from maybe one more weapon, possibly maybe maybe we look at that tight end position. Yeah, um, I, I'm interested to see what you think because I'm I'm kind of stuck. There there's a lot of uncertainty with this pick. What if we trying be, to be predictive here?
1: Wouldn't it just be absolutely funny if the moment they get Aaron Rodgers after so many years? of that Packers front office not drafting skill position players or at least receivers in the first round. The moment he gets to New York, the Jets draft uh, a first-round receiver or first-round tight end. Uh, It'd just be pretty funny the way that works out. And it'd be especially funny if the Packers did it the moment they trade Aaron Rodgers. Um, But that's just side stuff. Uh, I think for the Jets, I mean, look at the tackle board. You still have Broderick Jones available. You have Darnell Wright. You have um, Daywan Jones, the big mauler from Ohio State. Um, Your defense is pretty good. I mean, there's always room to beef up uh, your offensive and defensive lines. But I think with what you have – You look at getting one of the elite skill position guys. You just can't have enough of them in the arms race in the AFC. Um, Exactly. So I think it's probably a little bit of a reach for one of the receivers at this spot. Yeah, Yeah, I think
0: it's Dalton Kincaid here.
1: I think it is too. So we'll go Dalton Kincaid uh, for the Jets. A nice tight end. For Aaron Rodgers. That brings us to the Washington Commanders. (laughs) Nice. Okay. I'm sorry. But I have
0: a dirty mind. A nice tight end for.
1: (laughs) Oh, sorry. Okay. We can continue. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay. Let's collect ourselves because we're about halfway through the first round. Um, Washington Commanders. How do you want to screw your division rival? No, I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> I would love to. It would be my pleasure. What do you think? Um,
0: well, okay. Um, oh man the the whole Will Levis thing. Um, it's it's the elephant in the room. We kind of have to address why we think he's dropping this far. I think. At this point. <laughs> I
1: mean, um, wow, this is, this is I
0: awesome. mean it is I mean we did have a few uh top guys fall really far last year, um like Drake London, for example, he ended up falling in our mock draft to like twenty seven but we've we've never done a predictive mock draft like this, so I think it's worth addressing at this point um I think will Levis... um isn't giving given enough credit in some respects in the fact that he is good with reading defenses um but they're the concern with Will Levis mostly has to do with just um, one his body type is a little bit um you know his he might be a little bit too ripped to be a quarterback if that makes sense i don't know if that's really off to say but it's also something that Chris Sims had talked about as well when mentioning Will Levis is the fact that he's very tight wound and he struggles to really, you know, use different arm angles and use touch, put touch on the ball, put arc on the ball, you know? And that's really needed in the NFL. You gotta make a multitude of different types of throws. You gotta, you know, be able to work around throwing windows and be creative in that way. Um, so th- that that would be my reasoning. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Will Levis.
1: Well, first of all, if you put mayonnaise in your coffee, I can't take you seriously. Just can't. Um, but separating that from this conversation um, and just talking about the football side of it, I think, I think Colin Coward made a pretty decent point on this when he was talking about Levis. A quarterback is what you talk yourself into. Uh, This is the words of Colin Coward. I think that when you look at Levis, he's got prototypical size. He's got a super strong arm. uh, He's got talent, arm talent. He's got mobility. I mean he checks a lot of the boxes for what you look for in a quarterback prospect. It's just there are some other concerns. He did win, I believe 17 games the past 2 years at Kentucky, that there's something to be said for that. Right. I mean I know that, you know, Mark Stoops is a really good coach, but competing in the SEC, I mean that's not easy to do. Um he had a couple good weapons here and there, but That's I mean, there's something to be said for that. He's won games in the toughest conference. Uh, He's not I don't think he's going to be shell shocked uh, by, you know, the speed of the game when he gets to the NFL, because he's basically played in the developmental league for the NFL, uh, which is the SEC. Uh, Just when you look at the numbers and sheer like numbers of the amount of sec players that get drafted into the NFL year after year. I mean, it's not really even close compared to other conferences. Um, it's basically like a breeding ground for the NFL. Um, so I like a lot of his traits. I mean, I don't necessarily hate him as a prospect. There are some concerns, but look, I, I think that will you know, I think if he ends up dropping as far as he has or even out of the top 10, it, it could actually be somewhat beneficial for him if he gets into yeah. a system, like a better, more established system with a team that has a more established infrastructure around him. I think that could really like expedite his – with a solid coach, of course – um, it could expedite his development, development. in right. the NFL. so I I don't necessarily think that dropping a little bit would be the worst thing for Will Levis, but I'm curious to see what you think on that,
0: yeah, I think I would agree with you there. um, I mean, there's there are a couple spots where I would look and be like, ah, I don't know if that's really much better than what she would.' have at say number four with the Colts, but right. um like say Washington, for example, um obviously you have Ron Rivera, but he's a defensive coach and he's very um he his principles of football go along with defense um as the primary uh mindset. I don't know if that really made any sense. But um point being I think he would really benefit from an offensive, offensive-minded coach. Okay, now for this pick, Washington. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> uh, you know, I apologize for any Washington fans for stalling on your pick for so long, but I think it was worth having that little mini conversation. There just because so many people um, have so many differing opinions on Will Levis, I've seen him as the. 3rd rank quarterback, I've seen him has as low as sixth on some yeah. uh, quarterback list, which is a little strange, but, you know. Um, anyways, Washington. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Um, so, pro football focus has their team needs, in case you guys can't see that, as quarterback, guard, center, and linebacker. Just putting that out there. Oh man, um, I think
0: corner is is where you go here personally. I think Deontay Banks, with him still sitting there, I think that's a that's a
1: slam dunk pick okay. for the football team or commanders. I agree with you, and he has some local ties to that area, being right. from Maryland. Um, I really like Deontay Banks uh, as well. Um, just like, you know, we talked about him a little earlier, but um, tested well at the combine and is a very reliable tackler on the outside, physical, very fast. I mean, he's he's a guy I would love for Pittsburgh at 17, actually. But, um, yeah, I think especially with Mike Tomlin's ties to that area. But, um, yeah, I think that's a slam dunk pick for Washington. I would agree with you. Okay, now, for those of you who don't know, I'm the resident Pittsburgh Steelers fan on this podcast. And we've made it to 17 without any trades. Um, I'll just do a quick scroll through our draft so that you can see, as we do have, I believe, one person watching this. So thank you for actually watching this. We appreciate that. Uh, Let me make sure we don't have any chats. No, we do not. Okay. So the way the board has fallen, and considering that the Pittsburgh Steelers, with their Chase Claypool trade with the Bears, actually have the first pick in the second round, and considering that I think the top, probably consensus top four corners are off the board at this point, uh, I think you wait to draft a corner. For Pittsburgh, even though it is a need, they need to draft a corner in the first two rounds. They still need to do that, in my opinion. But I for me right here, I'm looking at one of two things. You either go edge rusher slash defensive line. I lean edge rusher because you need Pittsburgh really needs a guy that can spell TJ Watt and or Alex Highsmith. Um when T.J. Watt was hurt last year, they had zero pass rush, zero. Um, so I look at a guy, an absolute freak, like Miles Murphy out of uh, Clemson. I mean, with the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and just like knowing this organization as a right. as a fan, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route. But that being said – um. I do look at offensive tackle, and I know that they're really high on one of these guys like a Broderick Jones who has the length, the athleticism, and the potential to provide them long-term stability at that left tackle position and really push Dan Moore for a day one starter spot. Uh, I think if the board fell this way, it would be either the edge rusher from Clemson or one of these offensive linemen. And I think they, they'd go Broderick Jones because of I think he's more likely to end up as a left tackle than, say, a Darnell Wright or even a Daywan Jones.
0: I, I agree with that. I, um, Broderick Jones, I think, has kind of flown under the radar in this draft just because – He was on that, you know, incredible Georgia team. And a lot of people, when you're on a incredible unit as an offensive line, kind of take some credit away from each individual player sometimes. Um, But in this particular case, I think you got to look at his body of work as a guy who played all four years and um, was extremely consistent as well. So. Broderick Jones, I think, would be a really good pick here, personally.
1: So Steelers will go Broderick Jones. Um, and I think if the ball if the board were to fall this way, where Skronsky and Pierce Johnson are both off the board, which they're likely to be at this point, and the top four and we've had a run on corners to where we've had Witherspoon, Gonzalez, um, Porter, and Deontay Banks off the board. I think that I think we have a good chance of getting that actually correct. Um now we're to the second pick for the Lions. Is this where we see Bijan?
0: I think so. To be uh, to be perfectly honest, I think that would be a perfect pick for the Lions at this spot. Um I I do think um Nolan Smith would be a guy they would consider as well Mm -hmm. out of Georgia. Um, Can you just scroll down on the players list real fast? Yeah, absolutely. Just so I can get a refresher on who's
1: available. We got Nolan Smith. Um, We got the D lineman out of Pittsburgh, Elijah Cansey. We got Miles Murphy, who's a guy I mentioned potentially for the Steelers. We've got Michael Mayer, the tight end, but they don't need a tight end. Um, Or.
0: Kalijah Kansi is really, really interesting just because he's well, I don't think these are valid. Um, I've I've heard that he's gotten some comparisons to Aaron Donald. I don't think he's quite the athlete Aaron Donald is, but um, what I will say is as a undersized defensive lineman, he will provide pass rush. And I think um defensive line depth for this Detroit Lions team is going to be really big for them um and you can throw throw him in there on passing downs first and you know first and second down you can have your run defenders in there um and then third down third and long that's where you throw him in and he he will rush the passer he has a specific skill set and He will make an impact in that role.
1: Absolutely. So, I think we're between Bijan and maybe a defensive lineman. Um,
0: Yeah, I think it it would be between Bijan and Kalajakansi. Oh, man. Um, My personal preference (laughs) would probably be for Bijan, but since we're doing a predictive mock, I think – the lions would actually lean towards um taking uh cancy here just because hey, let's do it um, uh, I need like
1: that interior line depth absolutely they do um so we'll go cancy uh he's a 14th rated player overall according to pro football focus um i don't agree with necessarily all of pro football focus's rankings but um yeah, I mean, a lot of people are pretty high on this kid. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite as high as
0: PFF as well, but um, I do think there is something to the fact that he can be a, you know, really big impact interior pass rusher day one.
1: Right, and... Um... He had the best 40 yard dash at the combine, I believe, of any defensive lineman in this class. He's undersized, but he's got quick hands. And his feet allow him to win as a pass rusher. And you just got to be able to, you look at the teams that were in contention this year, you got to be able to rotate guys in and out on the defensive line that can get to the quarterback. That's so important. You've, 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 you know, gotten better in the secondary this offseason you got aiden hutchinson you've got some guys in that room but you just add more talent to it it can't hurt um so i i like it Uh, and i think he's a guy that dan campbell with all the tools that he has even though he's a little bit undersized that's a guy that dan campbell is going to really like to have um so we'll go kalijah (laughs) cansey Oh, and they also signed David Montgomery as well. So. Absolutely. Um so now we're now we're we're two I believe the playoff teams now from last year. Um so Tampa Bay where they have a lot of needs. Um they're sort of now in a rebuilding or a retooling phase, whatever you want to right. call it. Um so where do we look well um
0: <sighs> i think the two lines would be where you look first but where the board is at Will i don't know if any of those guys on the board um other than nolan smith at defensive end mm-hmm. would really be good at this spot um I like Miles Murphy a lot as well, but I think you're probably higher on him than I am. Um but if you if you are um interested in Miles Murphy others, well, I wouldn't um argue with you, but for me personally, um this might be you know kind of jumping the gun just because they do have so many needs, but this would be an interesting spot for Will Levis if he's available you know Mm -hmm. just because you don't have to throw him in there right away you have you know Baker Mayfield kind of as that insurance right um it's just really tough to throw a rookie quarterback in there when you know that you know the roster around them is just slowly deteriorating just because they're in I mean, to put it simply, they're in cap hell from from when they won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly interesting, but I think you probably go with one of the edge rushers. Right. Um, whether that's – I mean, I was high on Murphy for Pittsburgh specifically. Um, right. I'm not sure that I'm – super like high on him in general as a prospect, although it might be higher than the the general public. Um but I think for Tampa Bay they probably go Nolan Smith.
0: Okay. I, I agree. I agree there. Um the pass rusher they picked a couple years ago um I believe his name is oh, I can't think of his name. Yeah, It's not a Daffe Owe He was with the Ravens I, I, I can't quite think of his name um, But he's been a bit of a disappointment yeah. um, So far And defensive end Is a huge need for them okay.
1: We're back to Seattle With their first pick We gave them um, Jalen Carter So now We're back to 20 They made the playoffs This is where they slot uh this is their pick the pick that they own um so what do you where are we looking are we looking interior line are we looking we already addressed defensive line um do we look at edge rusher where do you think we look
0: um i think you know if there was um if if it was someone else than Zay Flower, I would say add another weapon. But I think Zay Flowers and Tyler Lockett would, are very similar in play type. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think that would kind of be a little bit redundant yeah. if you throw Zay Flowers in there personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for the Seahawks, interior offensive line, uh, particularly I think in that right, right guard spot, really hurt them last year. Um, Let's just look at that interior line board. Um, I. Mm, that's tough. Let's look at tackle real fast. Hmm. I. Dang. I. I. Uh. I'm stumped, man. I'm stumped.
1: You know. I. I still look at Seattle and think they probably need more along that defensive line slash edge rush position.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, And they do like um, that archetype of a Miles Murphy, like that big physical pass rusher that's just has – Ultra, it's just ultra athletic as yeah, well. Yeah, you haven't.
1: Um, I think for Seattle, you've had a problem up front on your defense now for a couple of years. And well, right. getting if you get Jalen Carter and Miles Murphy, which is probably unlikely, but you might, uh, one of these guys, as talented as they are, has got to be, it's got to be good. Um, so I think you go. Edge slash defensive line, and I think just with the freak traits that Miles Murphy has, uh, you, I think Seattle loves that, and uh, the the culture that Seattle has established is obviously fantastic with Pete Carroll and his defensive background. Um, so yeah, I I like Miles Murphy as a pick here.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think you go defensive line or you possibly trade down if you're Seattle.
1: Yes. Okay. We'll just go Miles Murphy. Um Okay, to the Chargers.
0: I think for the Chargers it's simple. I think it's Zay Flowers.
1: Okay. Easy enough.
0: You need speed at that wide receiver position and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams haven't been able to stay healthy as well. So, um adding to that receiver room is a huge
1: priority and, and specifically speed. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. Um, all right. Baltimore. The situation with Lamar Jackson is still up in the air. Um, right. Where, where do we go for Baltimore? I know. Hmm. You have anything in mind?
0: Well, I think um,
1: Where
0: are wide receiver would be tough. There's not there's not a whole ton of wide receivers um, at this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, edge would be interesting, but two edges just went off the board. I think you might look to trade down if you're
1: the Ravens. Okay. Is there a trade partner that we could find for Baltimore? We do have. Let's see what PFF has. Ooh, the Cowboys. Interesting.
0: Interesting. I You know, I've seen a lot of mock drafts. The Cowboys looking to like aggressively get a tight end, um, and that that's um. That's not something I would be too high on, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I think, like I said before, I think this is a pretty deep uh, tight end draft, and I think the Cowboys could get a good tight end at 53 or possibly their third-round pick. Is
1: there a team that you see, like, either within the picks that we have remaining or the, you know top of the second round that would be willing to maybe trade back into the first round to get Will Levis since he still is on the board at this point. Well, um, or is that not what a trade up would be for? Is it more just the Ravens wanting to move out of the spot? But
0: what, let's look at the interior D lineman real fast just because, um, I still think the Cowboys would be a good trade partner, but it just depends on what who we have on the board and interior D-line because I think that's a huge
1: need for us, just getting a run stopper. Brian Brissy, Mozzie Smith from Michigan. Then you get into Keanu Benton, Kobe Turner, the guy from Baylor. Yeah, this is what we got. Um...
0: I really like the guy from Texas for the Cowboys in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you wouldn't get much value from going up and getting a guy at interior D-line if you're the Cowboys. So, man, it's it's really tough. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at a trade partner, the only team I can really think of is – Oh man! Maybe if a team
1: like uh, top of the second round. Yeah, I don't even know the. I don't. Yeah. I don't know the draft order for the top of the second round. I, I think we just gotta make a pick based on what we got.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Could it be Bijan here? Actually, it could be. I didn't think about that. I would hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but sure i mean if that's
0: i think i think it might be Bijan here just because oh my goodness that would be nasty Ugh. <laughs> there's just Bijan is such a cool guy to track in this draft just because there's so many spots in the first round where you just if if you just look at if they draft him oh my god goodness like that is disgusting i i think you go with Bijan here
1: i i really like that all right let's go with Bijan to baltimore um yeah that would be interesting
0: okay Ooh, i i know you hate that one but had to do it had to do it all right the vikings could you see the vikings taking with levis that's an interesting conversation
1: um, I think I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. I mean, out of Jaguars, have their quarterback, Giants have their quarterback, Dallas has their quarterback, Bills have their quarterback, Bengals have their quarterback, um, Eagles have theirs, Chiefs have theirs, Saints, excuse me, the Saints have, um. Derek Carr. Yeah. So every team that's remaining in the first round has their proverbial franchise quarterback. Exactly. Right. And that's why they were in the playoffs and did as well as they did. Um, Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I think if we don't take – if they don't take Will Levis here, he's falling out of the first round. Unless another team from outside the first round trades back in. Yeah,
0: I think um, realistically, I think a team will trade up for Will Will Levis yeah. um, into the first round sometime in the teens, I would say. Um, but for the sake of this mock draft, I think the Vikings would be a good spot for him. And to your point you made earlier um, with you know him dropping right. into a good organization, possibly, I think the Vikings are a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah, I do too. Justin Jefferson, I mean, you get uh, – I think they had – there's been conversations about potentially uh, Dalvin Cook as a, like a cap casualty, um, but you still have a ton of weapons to work with there. Uh, and now you look at the how the landscape of the NFC North has changed in the past 48 hours, and it's a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you get Will Levis, sure, we'll do it. It's fun. This is supposed to be fun. Okay. Um, Jacksonville.
0: Oh, man. Jacksonville. Okay. Um, I think you could go wide receiver here. That's a legitimate option. But um, I think the priority should be um, offensive line. I agree. Um, I'm not sure about Darnell Wright's ability to play the guard position personally, just because um, that Tennessee offense was very weird. (laughs) Um, um, Just the amount of reps he got in a traditional, you know, kick slide, you know, NFL style kick slide was, was pretty rare. Just because of how quickly they got the ball out of Hendon Hooker's hands. And just, it was just a very strange offense. Would
1: a guy like Osiris Torrance be interesting for Jacksonville?
0: I think that would be a good pick. Um, Osiris Thomas, I don't know a ton about him, Mm -hmm. um, but I do know that. His strength is
1: as a run blocker. That's his main strength. And- or Anton Harrison. I've heard um, mm. some good things about him, and too, I think. But as a pure interior run blocker in this draft, aside from maybe, like, obviously a Peter Skronsky who could move inside and play guard, I think Osiris Torrance is probably as good of a run mauler as you're going to get in this draft. Right.
0: Um, One thing I want to throw out there before we take uh Osiris is what would you think of possibly grabbing Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame, the tight end? Um, I think that would be a really interesting pick just because I think that's one of the things that Jaguars offense may be missing. And, you know, that is a li- that is a little bit nitpicky just because you know that offense was very productive and you're adding adding in Calvin Ridley obviously um but that is a position of need
1: no i wouldn't hate that um they they do need a tight end uh no i wouldn't hate it i mean michael mayer was a very productive college tight end he's a very good athlete He's got all around, you know, an all around skill set. He was the leading receiver and focal point of Notre Dame's offense, their passing offense, and he still is very productive, despite the lack of above average quarterback play that Notre Dame had last year. So um I wouldn't hate that at all. But at the same time,
0: yeah, I think um, with what we know about the Jaguars organization and um, with a lot of the their picks they've made the last few years, there's been an underlying, you know, we want to put butts in seats narrative. Right. You know, yeah.
1: um, I think Michael Mayer would fit that. Okay, let's do it then. Giants, how do you want to screw your division rival? Oh, man. Um,
0: Um, they do need a receiver. They they definitely do. Um, Jordan Addison would be solid here, but for me personally, I'm not super high on Jordan Addison. I, I'm i interested to see what you think of him, but personally, I have Josh Downs ranked ahead of him out of North Carolina. Okay. Um, I just think Josh Downs can do more um, and you know Jordan Addison's speed is a worry for me. He didn't, you know, run at the combine. He wasn't able to answer some of those questions. Um I don't know. I, I think I think you go tackle here.
1: Okay. For the Giants, I think. And which tackle do you are you thinking? I think Dewan Jones. Okay. I like that. He's I mean, look, DeWan Jones, um 6'8", 374 pounds, rare length, massive uh prospect. Um uh, Mauler in the run game. Um you I like that. I mean he did what's up. They they
0: take Evan Neal last year, that's the only thing. Um Yeah, it's true. And I, I don't know uh, how Dewan Jones would be able to move into guard at that size as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's something I didn't think about. If, um, if you're
1: looking for a guard, then Torrance would be the pick, I, I think. Yeah. Let,
0: let's go with Torrance here.
1: Yeah. I like that. Okay.
0: Yeah. Here late in the first round, it gets a little bit tricky because. All of these guys are, the more, I, I see them on the same, like, plane of existence, if that makes sense. Like, I see them all as the same level of player. The
1: more conversation that we have, though, about the possibilities, the more excited I get for third. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, I, same for me. I mean, we've been talking here for over an hour and a half, and we, like, we just keep going. Like, it's just, yeah. there's just so much to talk about.
1: I'm thinking about hopping on again tomorrow and doing another version of a mock draft. It's just so interesting, especially this year. Okay. Um, especially considering the fact that we didn't do a podcast for at least two weeks. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like Osiris Torrance. I think this is right around the spot where you could potentially see him go. Um, okay. Let's get to your Cowboys. I, I, when the Steelers came up, I took initiative. So I need you to take initiative on the Cowboys.
0: For the Cowboys, we need to go into your defensive line. You know, I for me personally, I think um we we gotta get a guy who's gonna stop the run for one and number two, if they can rush up the middle. Um, that would be a huge plus as well. I think Mozzie Smith is the pick here. I've I've had my eye on him for the Cowboys for a while. Um I just think he he's a beast, man, just in general. Um yeah. there's there's not a whole lot I can really say about him. I mean, he's your typical defensive tackle prospect, just gonna hold his ground in the run game really well. I don't. I wouldn't say he's, you know, the greatest in terms of, you know, being a Vince, Vince Wilford type of guy taking on double teams. But I think in the Cowboys perspective, I don't think that's really what we need. Uh, we
1: just need a guy who can plug a gap and hold his ground. Okay. Can I give you a little update? Do you not want – Yeah. Do you not want – NBA playoff spoilers, or are you okay if I just give out this update? Go right ahead. Okay. The Phoenix Suns did win tonight, 136 to 130. So the Clippers have been eliminated. Um. Uh, yeah, the Phoenix Suns are moving on. So that was just my quick update. Um. Yeah, I mean, Mozzie Smith, do you have anything you want do you have a response, a rebuttal to that, or do you wanna, just want to –
0: um, I, I think that's the pick. I I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to um, talk myself into you know. You know a tight end or something like that. I, I just think you got to address the squishy middle of that defensive line. That's been a problem for years for us, um, and it always rears its ugly head in the playoffs. We were always able to survive the regular season with that but in the playoffs that's when opposing teams especially the elite teams um right just attack it exactly
1: okay i like it um we're getting down to the to the wire here the end of the first round these were really the teams aside from of course the saints that were <laughs> Competing, like, r- really in contention for getting to a Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bills had sort of a disappointing finish to their season. Um, but, and they've had a couple disappointing playoff exits. And they have a couple glaring needs on their roster. Um, of course, losing Von Miller last year uh, was not great. Uh, that was a question all year is getting enough of a pass rush. Um, they I, I do think they have some needs along their offensive line as well. That needs to improve. So the question is, based on the board, where do you go?
0: Well, I think um, there, there's a lot of different directions you could go here, but I think you hit it right on the head you got to look at the two lines and building in the trenches here. Um, one thing that the two teams you're competing with in the AFC, the Bengals and the chiefs have done is address their needs on the offensive and defensive lines. So that's where you got to go here. Um, I think personally, um, a great fit at this spot would be Quentin Johnson at wide receiver but uh like I said you got to go tackle so I think the pick is Darnell Wright.
1: Yeah, I I'd probably agree with that. I mean, he for someone who follows college football and you know, knows a lot of these names and just like is into like the senior bowl and all that sort of stuff. He was very impressive at the Senior Bowl and the Combine. The former five star recruit. More often than not, you know, five stars have a pretty high um, success rate in the NFL, a a high hit rate in the NFL, if if you will, as a prospect. Um, Former five star recruit, massive right tackle prospect. Pretty versatile. Uh, We'll see where he ends up playing. But uh, at this point, he's probably the best option along the offensive line, unless you're going with a guy like Anton Harrison, who offers a little bit different of a skill set out of Oklahoma. But I agree. I mean, go with Darnell Wright. He'll help at least with your depth along that offensive line for right now. and It's something you really need. You got to – Josh Allen – Cannot continue to run for his life um, in the postseason, trying to extend plays, trying to put on a cape every single time. Uh, right. you, you gotta, you gotta build a fortress uh, and allow him to just be Josh Allen. And it's it's got to improve. Um, so no matter who you take, it's an investment in your offensive line that you have to make. Bottom line simple as that right exactly so we'll go darno right out of Tennessee um now we get to the Bengals <clears throat> um man I don't even know what do the Bengals need um
0: a center would be good I think um along with I would say corner hmm um, that's a position I would point to. Um it's interesting because Emmanuel Forbes is a guy I project as a cover four specific corner. And what I mean by that is just um fan geo systems, um like the Bills and the you know, the Broncos, Rams, um, all of those teams, I think would look at a guy like Emmanuel Forbes. But for the Bengals, though, I just don't think he's quite the fit they want. Um, I do like Cam Smith a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, PFF doesn't seem to be that high on him, but for me personally, Cam Smith is a first-round prospect. Um, What do you think here, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, they could definitely... They did lose a couple pieces in their secondary. I think corners probably the pick. I don't think there's a center on the board that warrants being drafted this high, but I'm not particularly knowledgeable in that aspect. Um, yeah, I'm
0: not um I don't really know the names of these interior offensive linemen. I haven't I've, I've uh, also
1: seen You know, Tyree Stevenson as a guy who sometimes sneaks into the first round in some mocks. Right. Um, I think I'm between Smith or Stevenson, but I probably lean Cam Smith out of South Carolina.
0: Okay. Let's go, Cam Smith, then. I I think um, he plays a lot of press coverage, he's physical, um, and that goes along with the personality of that team. Absolutely.
1: We have three picks left in our, I believe it's third annual raw prospect for a full first round mock draft, less than 48 hours uh, until the start of the draft on Thursday night. And we have the saints on the board. <sighs>
0: um, man, I think the saints, you got to go defensive line. Um, Cam Jordan is aging. You lost um, – what's his face? Uh, you lost your former first-round pick out of UTSA to the Minnesota Vikings. Oh,
1: Davenport.
0: Davenport. Marcus Davenport. Thank you. Um, you lost Marcus Davenport to the Vikings. That was a huge loss in my opinion. Um, so you got to go with the defensive lineman here. I think Brian Brzee would be a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um, to be perfectly honest, I think that would be a perfect fit here.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's probably the best available. Um, so yeah, I I probably agree with you. I would go Brian Brassi. um, out of Clemson. Yeah, I think Dennis Allen would. Yeah, definitely make that pick. Okay, Eagles and Chiefs, the two teams that play in the Super Bowl. For the Eagles, we already gave them Joey Porter Jr. We addressed cornerback. And now we're sitting here at pick 30. What do we do?
0: I think um, with how this Eagles organization likes to draft, they always address the pipelines before they need to. And I think you look at the age of Lane Johnson, you look at the age of Jason yes. Kelsey, um, and I think – Going with a tackle here, you can, you know, place, you know, that tackle, you know, they don't have to sit on the bench. You could have them um, compete for that right guard spot um, along with uh, Sofilo, I believe is his name, Um, and then eventually move over to that right tackle spot, possibly to replace Lane Johnson. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it's really tough because DeWan Jones, I just don't see him as being able to play guard at all at his size. (laughs) Um, You know, he's he's really athletic, and I'm not saying he's, you know, in a pinch you can't throw him in there, but um, I just don't think that would make much sense. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for the Eagles, you're still in sort of a – Luxury position right here. Um, but still a really, really, really good roster. Um, I think the way the board has fallen, I think you could probably, from what I have heard, you could rely more on maybe a guy like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma day one, but I don't think there's too much of a gap between you know Harrison and Daywan Jones it's just what you want what you envision this particular player that you're drafting at this spot to be um if you want him to be more of a guard i think i could i could see anton harrison being that more yeah. so than daywan jones so
0: okay i think anton harrison is the
1: pick okay. all right We're now to the last pick, Mr. Irrelevant, at least for our sakes.
0: I guess so, yeah. Who's it going to be? Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Oh, man. This feels illegal, adding another player to this team that's just (laughs) – it just feels illegal. Um, Will McDonald Jr., I would love him for the Kansas City Chiefs personally. What do you think of that pick?
1: Yeah, I like that pick. I like it.
0: Yeah, I think you add him in as depth. We've said that a million times on this episode alone and on this podcast in general, you need depth, at edge. Um, you throw him in there behind Frank Clark. You let him develop. I think that's a perfect spot for
1: him. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, our mock draft is complete. Uh, Hold up uh no free clout
0: no free clout cover the screen <laughs> i'm just kidding all right that does it for our mock draft hold on, hold for 2023 on.
1: On. Oh. before yep. before we uh before we sign off yes that does do it for our
0: right i was yeah i was gonna get to that yeah. i was just saying um go ahead before we end things we're just gonna go over where we think we nailed it, where we think we may not have nailed it. Um, I'll, we'll just start with you here.
1: Well, first of all, I absolutely hate one particular pick, and that is Bijan John Robinson to the Ravens. Um, but other than that, I think we had a really interesting mock, even though we ended up not predicting any trades which was interesting. We just struggled to find trade partners where we wanted to make trades. We, we really struggled to find trade partners for those particular teams. Um, Where do we, I think the more interesting conversation, because we don't, we don't really know. I mean, I think we right. nailed a lot of these picks for how the draft board fell. Uh, I like a lot of these fits players with their certain teams, but where, where do you think we maybe didn't nail it so much I think it's a more interesting conversation
0: well for one I don't I don't really see Anthony Richardson going to the uh Houston Texas <laughs> I think um it if it does happen that he falls a little bit i think it would be a team that would trade up for him and it wouldn't be one of those teams standing pat and taking him right um it was it was just really tough to formulate a trade as michael said um one other thing i would say is um i do think quentin johnson will end up going in the first round at some point mm-hmm. um he's a receiver that personally i'm I'm a bit neutral on, I'm not, you know, super high and not super low on him either. I just think that athleticism and that ability to make something out of nothing with the ball in his hands, is just hard to ignore. Right. Um, You know, you, you have the um, lack of hands catching concerns. I have heard from a multitude of different draft analysts, but I think, you get the ball in his
1: hands, you let him go to work. I think at the end of the day, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I do think Quentin Johnson, we only took what two receivers in the first yeah. round. I think I do think there will be at least three, um, right? Maybe even four. Um, look, I think when you look at just the top 10, uh, I do think there's still based on. I think this close to the draft, rumors start to become a little bit more. They start to hold a little bit more validity, I think, this close to the draft than they would like maybe a week ago or two weeks ago and so forth. Um, So I do think if that's what's being reported from multiple sources – I do think there's a good chance that we potentially even if those rumors aren't true I still think there's a chance that the Texans decide not to go quarterback. In okay. that case I do like this. I do think Bryce Young is going to be the pick at number 1. Um yeah. I do think if the Colts have CJ Stroud on the board, they'll probably take him. The I think there are a couple interesting players for me that that I'm interested to see what happens. Jalen Carter's one of them. Um, Of course, Bijan where he falls. Um, You know, I'm interested to see what happens with the, with the, with the top corners where they fall. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a generational cornerback class. Uh, It's a pretty good, tackle class the quarterback is the quarterbacks are interesting beyond Bryce Young and CJ Stroud uh I'm a I'm really high on Zay Flowers I think that's a great pick for the Chargers yeah I think we nailed that and look if if it I'm just gonna say this I think you probably be pretty pleased with Mozzie Smith uh at 26 for the Cowboys If the board fails particular way, I'd be fairly pleased with Broderick Jones at seventeen for Pittsburgh. So, yeah. Any parting shot? Okay.
0: My one parting shot, Um, personally, just uh, just to see things like shake up um, and just to see the chaos ensue. I think. I would like for Anthony Richardson to go to one of Seattle or Detroit, just because those are that's just so interesting to see, um, you know, really great quarterback prospects go to good teams and sit for a year. We've seen that work for so many different players, and you know, I don't think it will happen, but I just think it would really shake up the board a lot if it did. Right.
1: Yeah, uh, this was really fun. Um, two hours, hours—that's, I think that's for a full first-round mock draft with how much we had to discuss by taking a couple weeks off from doing podcasts uh, this close to the draft. I think a lot of mock drafts, full first-round mock draft podcasts out there are around two hours. The PFF one that I listen to is always around two hours and even more than that. So, um, yeah, what we will do is I can clip this from PFF, uh, our full first round mock draft, and I can post that on our Twitter feed uh, for y'all to consume there. But thank you for whoever was watching or whoever is watching. We really appreciate that. Um, Make sure to spread um, spread the word. Uh, if you have friends that like sports, we talk, we talk about most sports on this podcast. Uh, spread the word. If you have friends that are really into the draft, uh, make sure to tell them to check out our podcast. Um, yeah, we'll have a lot more content here in the coming weeks as we both finish up school and we graduate and we have free time going into the summer before we start our actual uh, lives lives and yeah. professional <laughs> professional that's intimidating professional careers um, So yeah the my one parting shot would be I hope that Bijan does not end up with Baltimore. Um, but yeah, that's about it um, So all right for episode 164 of the Raw Prospect podcast that's gonna do it. We will see you guys on the flip side of the draft. Or we'll probably be doing some type of draft reaction, if I had to guess. Um, So I guess, um, just like the chances of the Clippers advancing out of the first round, we are going, going, gone. Peace out. Peace.